Foot pass, needing seven yards. Breeze, throw, touchdown, and there's the record. That's unbelievable. Drew Brees in red air. Hartley sends the Saints to the Super Bowl. What's going on, guys, and welcome back into another edition of the Houdat in NYC podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rosevoglu, and the Saints advanced into the NFC Championship game while they face the Los Angeles Rams after defeating the Philadelphia Eagles in easily the best game we've seen in the playoffs so far. Definitely the most nail-biting, which is unfortunate for the Houdat Nation, especially after the way that game started with them going down 14-0. But we're going to talk about briefly um, what were our takeaways because, again, I don't want to stress too much time on it considering that everyone was watching this game and you all know what were the key. most of you guys will know what the real keys were, what you saw that was important, what needs to change for this NFC Championship game. We're going to talk about Sheldon Rankin's injury, the effect that that will have on the Saints defense. We're going to talk about Sean Payton and the X factor that he's been for the Saints the entire season. And then we're going to talk about the NFC Championship game, which matchups are the ones to watch, what will be different this time around from their Week 9 meeting where the Saints won 45-35. to And I will wrap it up with my prediction and we'll see whether or not the Saints should be ready to punch their ticket into the Super Bowl or not for this season. But real quick, let's talk about this Eagles game uh, that went over on the weekend on Sunday. Didn't start off the right way. I mean, Drew Brees throwing a pick on that first play is the last thing the Saints could have imagined or wanted. And a lot of us were nervous, myself included, badly. You know, you thought this dome was going to get quiet when they went down 14-0. And Marshawn Lattimore made the play of the game. Now... I know when I put up the poll, who was the MVP out of, I believe, let me just get the right number here, out of 494 people, 48% of you said Marshawn Lattimore was the MVP. The other 52% went with Michael Thomas, and it's hard to blame them. But Marshawn Lattimore's interception was the game changer because it gave a little bit of life to that crowd in the Superdome. And then the Saints offense is still stalling, and the fake punt is what really got the crowd ignited. And then that fourth and goal conversion for the touchdown to Keith Kirkwood Sean Payton alone on that drive was the difference maker. It's easy to punt that ball on your own 30 and say maybe the defense will get the ball back. It's easy to do that. It takes guts to win in this league, and Sean Payton has that. And then some, we're talking about the man that onside kicked to start the second half in the 2009 Super Bowl. He was the difference because any chance there was to an extended drive or steal possession, Sean wanted to do that. Meanwhile, the Eagles didn't have that chance because this Saints defense came to play. The run defense, as much as I want to give them praise, the Eagles don't have the running backs, so I felt like it made it easy for them to shut down Smallwood in their attack. I mean, they only ran the ball 16 times. Not impressive at all, so I really can't say much there. But the pass defense against a very talented Eagles receiving corps did a fantastic job. Alshon Jeffrey made a couple big plays in the first quarter, and that was it. And, of course, he'll be infamously known for dropping that pass where Lattimore picked it off at the end of the game. Um, Golden Tate, I thought he was going to be a factor. Only two catches for 18 yards. Zach Ertz, five receptions for 50 yards. Wasn't great. If Jordan Matthews doesn't get a deep ball over the top or P.J. Williams stops running for no reason, then this Saints secondary was locked down as well. So I think that's a really positive takeaway from this game. Um, Overall, though, the most notable thing, and this is where I'll end it with, when the Saints needed 
to have a drive that was probably their best of the season, they rung the bell and they answered the call. And that 11-minute-plus drive was just bully ball in a sense. I mean, this offensive line had their way with the Eagles at that point. Drew Brees was making pinpoint passes on really hard downs. I mean, 3rd and 16, 2nd and 20, 3rd and 13. Didn't matter the down distance. He was going to get the first and keep the chains moving. And I believe they said it was a 112-yard drive if you add the penalty yardage. So just to put that all into into context, fantastic job from New Orleans there. And once they got the lead, you kind of felt like they were going to win that game. Um, of course, Will Lutz's missed field goal kind of brought all the nervous you know pressure on everyone. And, and everyone was like, here goes Nick Foles again. But the defense did get that final stop and ultimately punched their ticket into the NFC Championship game. But in the process, they did lose Sheldon Rankins. The big man was having undoubtedly a, a career year for him. He had eight sacks this season, which from the inside is very impressive. And he's a good run defender. We already know this. To not have him, and the injury is brutal. A torn Achilles is one of the worst to have in sports at this time and age. And now it puts an emphasis on Stallworth and Davison and on Yamada to basically take their game to the next level. Now, the good thing is, Tyler Davison is a run stuffer. That's what he's there for. Taylor Stallworth, in my opinion, I think he's a pretty good run stuffer. And then Anyamata, I think, can do both pretty well. I think Anyamata is a heck of a player. Um, there are no Sheldon Rankins. They're going to need to step up on Sunday, though. And, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But that's going to be very important because Rankins can do so much. He's a versatile defensive tackle. Um, and in a way, he's a very, very poor man's version of Aaron Donald. And now I know he's not even close to number 99. He's the best defensive player in football. But he can do a lot of things that are similar. And with Rankins playing well and Cam Jordan playing well, it makes it a lot easier for whoever's across from them, whether that's Alex Okafor or Marcus Davenport, to have an easier assignment and have a one-on-one with the left tackle instead of having the left guard switch over and give almost a double team. It makes the rookie's life a lot easier. He won't have that luxury anymore, and now we're going to see how they adapt later on. But let me just say something real quick about Sean Payton, and then we'll definitely get rolling into our preview of Rams versus Saints. Sean Payton gets a lot of flack from a lot of people for no reason. I guess it's the ego that he has and the way he goes about himself on the football field. But the bottom line is the man is a fantastic play caller. If Drew Brees doesn't miss two wide open deep shots, this game should be a rout. And every single time he had a chance to put his, make his team put their foot down the Eagles' throat, he made the right play call. And the screen game... I think he knew it wasn't really going to work. The Eagles were, were going to make sure Kamara and Ingram weren't such a factor. He understood that. Um, I think he put his players in terrific position. And more importantly, he never panicked. Not once on that sideline. They could be up 14-0. And you could see that your team visibly basically got punched in the mouth by the Eagles. And Sean Payton just kept standing there and was ready for that one play where he can turn this game around. And not a lot of coaches are going to go for that fake punt. I know I'm going to keep saying it, but not a lot are going to. And the only man I think that probably would be doing that is the one that's going to be across from him on the other sideline this Sunday in Sean McVay. And a lot of people are hyped over Sean McVay, and I get it. Offensive genius, such a young age, and he's done so well with the Rams. In two seasons, he's done more than Jeff Fisher has done for about eight. So I understand that. Um, But Sean Payton needs more respect. He doesn't get enough of it. Everyone's going to poach someone off of Sean McVay's coaching tree, whether that's Zach Taylor or Matt LaFleur. Um, 
you know, Cliff Kingsbury's a friend with with uh, McVay. The Cardinals making the head coach. All this jazz. Sean Payton for the last 13 seasons, really 12 if you take out the bounty year, has been one of the offensive geniuses and, and one of the best play callers in league history, not just over the last decade. In league history, he knows how to coach up an offense. And I, I'm going to encourage you guys to read this feature that had to talk about how Sean Payton handles the locker room. And he said he wants his guys to enjoy the moment. For 24 hours, enjoy the moment because of the preparation that they put to get there. And I think a lot of teams and a lot of media people will complain about how the Saints handle their wins and the way they party and celebrate and all that. Sean Payton is so, he relates so well to his team. I think better than any other coach in the league that that's why his guys play so hard on Sunday. They know what type of coach they have. They know that he lets them enjoy their wins, but they got to earn it. And they sure did on Sunday, and they're going to try and do that again this upcoming weekend. Now, let's take a trip back to Week 9 of the NFL season. The Rams were 8-0 entering the Dome. The Saints were at that time um, 6-1, and and it was going to be a great game. We all knew it was going to be a fantastic one. And the Saints, from the get-go, jumped all over the Rams. I mean, they were up at one point 35 to 14 35 to 14 and they go into the half up 35 to 17 after Zerline hits a deep, a deep field goal and then the game changed the Rams started coming back Cooper Cup had a touchdown um we saw that Malcolm Brown was getting involved and Gurley was playing well and the defense was forcing three and outs left and right and then the fourth quarter came and the fourth quarter was probably the most exciting quarter of the entire game you had Michael Thomas's game-winning touchdown in essence to put them up 10 and close the door with four minutes left where he takes out the cell phone and all that. That game was fun. It was entertaining. And I'll tell you what, just like that Eagles-Saints game from Week 11, this Rams-Saints game from Week 9, take it, throw it out the window. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And the one constant that I think will go from this game to, to the playoff one, from that game to the playoff one, excuse me, is the usage of Alvin Kamara. Now, a lot of Saints fans have complained about it, and I don't blame you. It's why doesn't Kamara get the ball enough? So you look at the Eagles game. Kamara gets 16 carries and four catches. I know 20 touches sounds like a lot, but it's not enough for a guy like Alvin Kamara. And and the Saints, for a lot of times in this season, a lot of games, they monitored, monitored his touches. They didn't want to overwork him. They know how valuable he is. This is the NFC Championship game. This is for the Super Bowl. Alvin Kamara needs 25 touches. 25, maybe even more. You need to get him involved because the one thing that won't change from this matchup is that the Rams have one of the worst linebacking corps in football, and there's no shot that they can keep up with Alvin Kamara. It doesn't matter if it's Mark Barron, Corey Littleton, uh, Samson Ibakam. It doesn't matter. All those players that I named cannot they cannot hang with Alvin Kamara, whether he's running the football or receiving. And receiving out of the backfield is going to be more important because. What I learned from that Rams-Cowboys playoff game on Saturday is that the Rams' defensive line took the whole regular season off when it came to defending the run and said, we're going to come out for this one. And and Zeke was stuffed, absolutely stuffed. Um, only 47 rushing yards. He was not efficient for them. And even in the, in the, the passing game, he didn't do much. So the Rams said, we're going to take away your best weapon. And that was Zeke for the Cowboys. And after that, it was really like, is Dak going to beat you? No, that's not going to happen. Um, this for the Saints, they're not going to go after Kamara. I think they're going to be more concerned with Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas had 211 receiving yards in their last matchup. That is going to be key. So if they're so focused on taking out Michael Thomas, and I don't know if they can, 
Alvin Kamara needs to be a workhorse in this game. Mark Ingram's great. Don't get me wrong. Mark Ingram needs his share of touches for this one too. Alvin Kamara needs to have one of those early weeks of the season games where he's just used 30 touches and just let him go to work because his athleticism, his versatility, his shiftiness, that linebacking corpse had problems last year in the regular season in L.A., this regular season in New Orleans, and I guarantee you if the Saints get him in the right positions, they'll have a lot of trouble in the playoff game as well. So that's one thing that I think is important for this game. Number two, how did the Saints handle the run? And I think this actually might be the most important thing for the defense because watching the Cowboys-Rams game, what I saw was Sean McVay saying, you know, to hell with what got us here, which was being a high-flying offense that really is fun to watch. Let's turn into one that can run the football down your throat. And to their, you know... You know, to their credit, they did. C.J. Anderson, 23 carries, 123 yards, two scores. Todd Gurley, 16 carries, 115 uh, yards, and a touchdown. Even Jared Goff, the final play to ice the game and get to the first down, it was a rushing play. I mean, he scrambled out on a boot and basically took it for himself. Um, the Rams played amazing football. Their, their offensive line dominated from the get-go, and a defense that everyone talked about very highly in Dallas got absolutely manhandled. Now... If the Saints want to win this game, the ball needs to get put in Jared Goff's hands. This is not to say Jared Goff's a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that. I think Jared Goff's a decent quarterback. I think he, for the Rams, with what they have, with their coaching staff, they can win a Super Bowl, no doubt, because they're almost there. With Jared Goff, they can 100% do it. But if you're asking me, would I rather see the Saints take their chances with Goff beating them or Gurley and Anderson, I'm taking Goff every time because there were moments last week where Nick Foles, who the media kept saying never gets rattled, he's so focused, and and at points he did look focused, there were times where the Dome got to him. A couple of false starts here and there. A couple of timeouts burnt by the Eagles. I believe it was two. The Saints crowd, when the game is so close, or the team is winning, or even if they're only down a score or two, they're electric. And you need to be in a situation where it's third and nine, third and eight, and they're not running the football. It's in Goff's hands, and he has to make the play. And he might make a couple of plays, and I, and I guarantee you will. If you go look back at their first matchup, Goff threw for, I think, 391 passing yards against the Saints. But in a playoff game where the you know the Rams showed last week Goff was not going to be the reason they won. It was going to be their running game. The Saints need to neutralize the run. And Gurley's not 100%. But because of the emergence of C.J. Anderson, Gurley will give you 15 really good carries, and C.J. Anderson might give you another 15 to 20 good carries. But the Saints' defense needs to be able to stop it because if you can do that, you really have a great chance to walk away with a win in the Superdome and go to the Super Bowl. Um, that's important. Another important factor for this one is how is your secondary going to be lined up? One plus for the Saints, while they don't have Rankins, the Rams don't have Cooper Cup. We all know this. And... Cooper Cup gave the Saints fits last time. I mean, I think P.J. Williams has improved every single week of this season. I, I think he's gotten so much better. And it's almost like, you know, the Saints would definitely love to have Patrick Robinson back. I'm not saying that. I think Patrick Robinson was a great addition, or at least the idea of adding him was great. P.J. Williams has done better than anyone could have expected in the slot. He really has. He tackles well. He plays great coverage. At Sometimes he doesn't turn his head, and it is very frustrating. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But for a third-string corner, he does a pretty good job. And Cooper Cup, it was just a mismatch. He was a mismatch regardless of who was on him. If it was a safety in Von Bell or P.J. Williams or even Eli Apple, 
He's a shifty receiver who runs routes very well. He was a very big issue. Now, Josh Reynolds is no slouch. He's a very good receiver. And the Rams have used him pretty well, actually. But he's not Cooper Cup. And P.J. Williams lines up better with a tall, physical receiver like Josh Reynolds, who's not as fast, not as quick, and his hips are a little stiff compared to where he would against Cooper Cup, who can turn one way and give you a double move, and he's gone. That's important. And if I'm the Saints... My only question is, do I make Marshawn Lattimore shadow one of their wide receivers? And I think that's fair. And the guy who I would actually shadow, to be honest, is Robert Woods. I know Brandon Cooks has game-breaking speed. We've seen his speed back in the dome. But Robert Woods is the player who moves the chains, gets over the middle of the field, makes the tough third down contested catches, and he's very Alshon Jeffrey-esque in the point that he's very reliable for his team. Um, he doesn't have the size. I don't think he has the athleticism. I think he's a better route runner, though. Um, and Goff feels comfortable going to him on third down. Cooks, I think you can almost eliminate his big playability if Marcus Williams is on top of his game. If Marcus Williams plays well, you can not eliminate Cooks completely. He'll get the underneath routes. He'll get the screen passes, the swing passes, all that. He'll he'll take that. You do not want Cooks beating you to the house from 80, 70 yards, any of those big plays over the top. And if Marcus Williams plays well with Eli Apple maybe getting him in coverage, I think that's fine. Um, but Apple's going to be important because I saw a player who was highly motivated and efficient against Philadelphia. He needs to repeat that report, uh, performance if he wants to get his team into the next round, into the big one. And it's going to be one of those, he's one of those players that I can't tell you if he's going to step up. I just can't. Uh, I have faith in Marshawn Lattimore. I think Marshawn Lattimore is going to play well. I can tell you PJ Williams is going to make some plays. I don't know what Eli Apple shows up on Sunday because he's either one of the better corners for the Saints, one of the better playmakers in general, you know, making great reads on passes, you know, get a couple of pass deflections each game, or he's going to have one of those Cowboys nightmares where Michael Gallup is just running behind him and you just, you're just looking and going, what the heck happened to this kid? So what Eli Apple will be on the field on that Sunday? That's important. Because if Eli Apple's playing well, Marshawn Lattimore's playing well, and the run defense plays pretty solid, you're giving yourself a very, very good chance to walk away with a win. Now, let's flip it to the offensive side of the ball. And I've talked about Alvin Kamara and why he's important. Um, I think Michael Thomas is equally important. I don't, I guess in a sense, this sounds like a stretch, but what Michael Thomas has done in his three playoff in his, yeah, three playoff games so far reminds me very much of what Larry Fitzgerald did in his postseason career. Larry Fitzgerald was known for being a game changer, a game breaker, everything for the offense and for the opposing defense. And Michael Thomas, he's physical. He runs routes pretty well. His yards after the catch is it's phenomenal. His awareness for where the chains are and where you know he has to get that ball to, spot on. Um, Go-to guy in the red zone. So many good things to say about him. He's amazing. The Saints, even if he's double covered, and I think he will be a lot of this game, because I think the Eagles tried to do that too. I know they played soft zone a lot of the game, but they wanted to take Michael Thomas out of it. They didn't expect him to go for a buck 72. Um, Drew Brees might be, you know, tempted to look for his Ted Gaines and his Traquan Smith. And I'm going to say Tommy Lewis because as of right now, Keith Kirkwood did not practice. And I don't know if he's going to be able to play, especially after he limped off the field on Sunday. Drew Brees might be tempted to go to those players. I, I agree with that. But Michael Thomas is so good, I don't know if a double team is going to be enough. And I know a lot of people are talking about the addition of Aqib Tlaib and how he didn't play in the first matchup, and this time it's going to be different. Let me tell you what I saw from that Rams-Cowboys game, okay? So the Cowboys said, 
Akeem Talib is going to be Akeem Talib is going to be on Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup is going to basically have Marcus Peters and everyone else. So Michael Gallup goes for six receptions for 119 yards, which is pretty darn good, and Amari Cooper goes for six receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown. This is the Cowboys' offense we're talking about. The Saints' offense is much better, especially in the dome. I'm telling you, they are not going to move Akeem Talib into that slot. They like their slot corners in Nicole uh, Nicole Roby Coleman, um, and I believe. They like to use their safeties up in the slot like Joyner and those boys. And if that happens, you got to throw to Michael Thomas every single time. And, and I don't think they're going to move Tlaib into, inside the slot. They're just not. He didn't do it with Denver. He didn't do it with New England. He's not going to do it with LA. Their corners are specifically outside players. And New Orleans, if they want to get the ball when they need to feed Michael Thomas and get number 13 going, move him around. They're, and even in, on the outside, when he's going to get pressed, he's going to get open. And a lot of people are talking about how great Tlaib is. It's not 2013 anymore. It's just not. He's a very serviceable corner. He's better than Marcus Peters for this particular uh, assignment. But Michael Thomas, I think, is the most physical receiver in football. I think he is. And once you press up on him, if he gets his hands around you, Thomas is going to get open. It's just a fact. And to think about what he did against the Eagles, when the Eagles literally said they didn't want Michael Thomas to beat them, and he still did, I don't know if LA is going to be able to stop him. And LA, remember, gave up 211 yards to him last meeting. So even if you do stop him, what does that mean? 100 yards, 120 yards? What are we talking here? And I think this is the game. Michael Thomas gets going early, and they try to take him out. Breeze is going to spread the field. And I know he's been inactive for a while. I think New Orleans should heavily consider having Dan Arnold active for this game. I think they can use another threat. We all make the playoff... Josh Hill jokes all the time. He's been serviceable. Don't get me wrong. He's a mediocre tight end. No problem with him. Dan Arnold can kind of stretch the field because he's really a wide receiver converted into tight end. I told you, I don't like those linebackers or safeties on LA. I think those guys are easy to expose. That's a matchup that might be needed. So I think the Saints should look into that as well. And my last one, and it kind of goes with what I was talking about on the defensive side of the football. You have to win in the trenches. You just have to. And the Saints offensive line is banged up right now. Armstead torn peck, broken hand for Andrews Pete, Ramchek's dealing with shoulder issues, uh, Unger's dealing with knee problems. Outside of Warford, there's no one healthy on this offensive line. No one's 100%. And the Rams have one of the better D-lines in football with Sue and Donald and Dante Fowler. They have talent. Um, the Eagles had a similar amount of talent with Bennett and Fletcher Cox and Jernigan and Haloti Nada and Chris Long. Um, I think the, the Eagles had way more depth than the Rams. The Rams might have the more star power on their team, but I don't know. Bennett and Cox are a pretty good duo as well, so I wouldn't put that past them. The Saints' offensive line needs to be better. It needs to. If they're going to win this game, Drew Brees needs to be upright. And you don't have to give him all the time in the world. you got to give him three seconds. If you give Drew Brees three seconds, he's going to pick apart this Rams' defense, um, whether they're in man or whether they're in zone. And if they're in zone, they're going to get picked apart the whole game because Drew is going to take what the defense is going to give him uh, although he wants to push the ball down the field after throwing an interception last game, he's going to try and keep the turnover away. He's going to try and keep the ball in his own hands. Um, so if you give him time, that'll be key. And more importantly, how do you stop number 99? Donald cannot wreck this game for the Saints. You cannot allow him to turn into a pass-rushing beast that's going to sack Breeze one or two times and really throw off the pace of this game. You can't have that happen. So my keys, real, real quick here. I'm going to give you the three ones shortened down for all you guys. One, win in the trenches. You have to. Offensive line needs to play well. Defensive line needs to at least be good with the run. You cannot let them gash you the way they gash the Cowboys. The Saints haven't given up an 100-yard rusher. They've given up 100 yards as a team, obviously. But 
You can't let them go run wild in this game. If you could keep Anderson and Gurley, the two of them, to 120 yards, that I think that's a really good game. I'm being honest. I really think that's a good game for them. So I think that's a mark where you're going to you're gonna give up that much. Don't want to give up anything over. I think that's fair. So winning in the trenches, getting Alvin Kamara the ball as much as possible because this Rams defense does not have an answer for him. And then three, and I think this one's still important, don't be afraid to throw to Michael Thomas even when he looks covered because even when he's covered, he's still open. And I know it sounds ridiculous. He will make the adjust, adjustment to give enough space for Brees to fit that ball into that window and he'll make the play. Um, you got to ride number 13. You've been doing it the whole season. You can't back off that train now. You have to let it go and let's see what happens there. Um, but it's going to be an interesting game. Now, for my prediction, this is real quick and I'm going to make it real simple. The Saints play the way they played against the Eagles. They will get blown out by the Rams. It's a fact, okay? Because the Rams are a better football team. The Eagles were eventually due to get gassed. To see that, I never thought they were going to make back-to-back Super Bowls. I just never thought it was going to happen. I know everyone wanted to ride the Magic. I picked the Saints to win last week. I said they were going to win. I said it was going to be close. I said 31-27. So obviously my score prediction was off because it was 20-14. to um, I thought it would be a lot more uh, points scored than that one. I knew the Magic had to die because for them to make the Super Bowl back-to-back, no other franchise has really done it besides the Patriots and then take the Seahawks of those two years um, in that 2013-2014 range where they did it. It's really hard to do it now. With the backup, you're really asking for a lot to go your way and the ball can only bounce in Philly's direction for so many times before it actually bounces off their hands and into Marshawn Lattimore's. So I thought the Saints, when they started slow, it looked bad, but they could still have a very good chance of winning the game. If you start slow against the Rams... The Rams can just eat up the clock. They have a great running game. The Eagles don't have a good running game. A lot of it's because of injuries to Jay Ajayi. And LA, on the other hand, has two good running backs. So if they can run the ball and chew up clock with a lead, you're in trouble. You really are. So that's why I think they need to start off fast. So whether that's a 7-0 lead or a 10-0 lead or even 3 and scoring on your opening drive, you need to get the points. Points are going to come... Unlike other games where it's a defensive game, points come at a premium. Points are going to come very easily at some points in this game. They are. Um, I don't think it's going to be a 45-35 shootout, but they are going to come and they're going to be available at many times in this game. And the Saints need to capitalize. You can't throw a pick on the first play. You can't go three and out your first three drives. You know you can't use a fourth and one punt, fake punt run from your own 30 to spark the team. The team needs to be ready to go before that. And... I don't know if that's going to happen. I do, though, if I had a bet, I believe the Saints are going to come out with a lot of energy, and I think they're going to play a lot better in the first quarter, way better than they did against Philly, because it's hard to play worse than that game. Um, All that said, on paper, the Rams have the way better roster. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it's true. They have the better receiving corps. They have the better running backs, in my opinion, because Gurley is the... They have the better running back. Let me just put it that way. Gurley's better than Kamara. He's better than Ingram. Uh, if I'm doing duos, I'll take the Saints duo, but I think as a running back, a star runner, Gurley's the better player. I think right now the Rams' offensive line is better because they're healthier. Meanwhile, the Saints were better in the beginning of the year because of injuries. It's been hard. We haven't seen them play dominant the way they, you know, in a sense, dominated L.A. in Week 9. Um, defensive line, I'm going to give that edge to the L.A. Rams. I think they're a better defensive line right now. Sheldon Rankins being out definitely hurts the Saints' chances of winning that category. Linebacking corps, it's not close. This one is the Saints. The Saints blow them out in this particular category. They really do. Um, special teams, I like the Saints. And then secondary, I like New Orleans. So it's weird to think that I like the Saints better on defense than I do on offense in this game, but that's really the way it is. And the Rams are healthier right now, in my opinion. I, I believe that. I think they're playing with an edge. I think ever since that Bears loss, they've turned into the more physical football team. 
Um, the way they're playing now is kind of similar to the way the Saints were playing last year at some point. So they had long drives and barely threw the ball, would just run it. They're taking all the pressure off of Goff's shoulders, and that's something that really helps LA. And they're going to be, by a lot of experts, the team to beat, the team that will win on Sunday. Their predictions, a lot of them will have LA. That said, they're the better team. My, you know, my head at some points thinks LA will pull off the win and go to the Super Bowl. But there's always that one difference that, for me, will be the deciding factor in this game, and it's Drew Brees. And you you guys know how I feel about Drew Brees. I've stated many times before he's the most underappreciated quarterback in this league. If you put him in a top 10, he, if he's not in your top five, you really need to reconsider your list. Um, for me, I told you guys in my top three easily, and that's without getting a second ring. Here's the deal. Drew Brees did not play well against the Eagles. He didn't. I know the stats say he played well towards the end. And you know what he did? The second half, he looked efficient. I, I don't want to take that away from him. But if you look at the first half, that's not a Drew Brees performance. Drew Brees at home is, in my opinion, outside of Tom Brady, by the win record you know, column right there, um, he's the best quarterback at home. He is. And he's efficient, but he doesn't turn over the ball. That's the key. So if Drew can play his, I don't know about best game of the season, because if you look at what he did the Rams last time, 346, four touchdowns, no picks. If he does that, the Saints will win the game this time. It's, it's not even debatable. They would definitely win. I'm not asking for that stat line. But does Drew need to complete 70% of his passes, 75? Does Drew need to throw for 300, maybe? Drew needs to keep the ball in the Saints' hands. He can't turn it over. That's one. And two, he needs to make the plays when they're unscripted. When everything goes off script and the Rams break through and Drew has to scramble a little bit to his right and his receivers are kind of breaking away from the secondary, Drew's going to have to make a play that makes you say, you know what, that's why I thought he was the MVP this year, or that's why he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Going back to what I said before, I don't think Jared Goff makes those type of plays yet. He's still young. He's got his time to win Super Bowls. This might be the last time Drew Brees plays in a playoff game, and I know it's a very harsh reality to think about, and it actually sucks, but it's the truth. You don't know when you're going to get back there. This Saints team has felt like the team of destiny from the minute that my that Minnesota miracle happened. From the minute Marcus Williams missed that tackle, this Saints team from the offseason of saying prove them right to losing week one to showing nothing in week two and then dominating for the rest of the season showed us they were on a mission. And even in the, the divisional round, they didn't play well in the first half and came out and dominated the Eagles physically in the second. Something about this team that... I don't know how to explain it because there's times where they do not look good, but they still come out and win the game and they find a way. I'm going to go with that. And I value that sometimes way more than anything else. The Rams have the better football team. The Saints have the better quarterback. I still think they have the better coach. And the Saints in the dome, and I don't know what the reason is, and I don't know how it happens, but in the playoffs, that crowd cranks it up completely to a level that sounds ridiculous, You'd think you notched, you put your TV up a couple volume spots. You didn't. It's just that crowd. And if they get going and the Saints come out hot, I'd find it hard for Drew and Sean to miss out on this last opportunity that they have together. Um, eventually, number nine is going to retire. Eventually, the Saints aren't going to be as good as they are right now. It's just the, the circle of life when it comes to the NFL and how, you know, it's hard to get back here again. The Saints defied the odds when they were one play away from making the NFC Championship game and then the next year they actually make it. It's hard to do that. I'm going to take the Saints in this one. 27-24. I think special teams is going to be important. I think fourth down conversions are going to be important. But more than anything, 
if the Saints have the ball and it's tied with two minutes left, I think Drew takes them down the field. I think Will Lutz erases the demons of missing that kick list last week to hitting a 40-yarder for the win, kind of like Garrett Hartley against the Vikings, and the Saints would punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have doubts. I do. I think the Saints are going to be in for a rough one. I think this Rams team is the best team in the NFL with their roster. It's it's ridiculous, and it's a lot because they have a lot of guys on one-year contracts where Tlaib will eventually be gone, and Sue will be gone, and they didn't pay golf yet, and, you know, Anderson just comes out of nowhere and plays well, and they traded for Marcus Peters, and eventually he'll be gone too, but they have the best roster for this season. It's win now for LA, regardless of what anyone wants to say, but got a ride with number nine, and he, in the dome, he particularly in that dome, in the playoffs, he turns it on. And if he plays the way he did in the second half for that Philly game, for the entirety of this NFC Championship game, I just don't see how the Saints lose. Um, I know a lot of people expect them to lose this game. It's going to be tough. But I do think number nine and the Saints pull it out. And if they do, I'll tell you from now, I really don't care who they play in the Super Bowl. I know a lot of people think that's a little ridiculous. If the Saints make the Super Bowl, it could be Kansas City, it could be New England. I do not care who it would be. I, I don't have a preference. Um, I just want to see them get in because this might be the last time they get in for a while. Um, might be the last playoff game, I guess, ever drew. Want to see how long they could stretch it out. And there's something about this Saints team that they might not be the best, but they play damn hard. Um, so let's see. I think it's going to come down that fourth quarter. Turnovers can't happen. Got to play good on the offensive line and defensive line. And whoever has the ball last will win this game. Feel pretty confident about that. Um, so I really hope the Saints have the ball last. I hope it's a tie game. Drew Brees takes him down the field. Game-winning field goal from Will Lutz seals the deal to send them into the Super Bowl. And then we'll go on from there. It'd be two weeks of coverage, and that'd be fun for us. Um, I'd definitely enjoy doing that for sure. Um, but it's going to be a good game. And regardless of what happens in this one, the Saints had a very good season. And we're going to see if they can stretch it even further. The goal of getting home field was to be able to host the NFC Championship, to have that opportunity. They have it. Let's see what they do with it on Sunday. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, subscribe and leave a review for the podcast if you've been enjoying it. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes, obviously, next week. If the Saints were to beat the Rams, expect an episode either later that night or on Monday, one of the two. Um, but it's going to be a great game. I really do think that. It's not going to be 45-35. It's, the defenses are going to play a lot better. You need to play mistake-free football in such a big game. Um, but, again, I just think that Drew's been in two NFC Championship games before. That counts for something. Um, I think the Saints team has a lot of heart, and the Rams did a great job of winning their playoff game without putting too much pressure on Goff. Can you put pressure on Goff, get the running backs out of there, and say, you know what, 16, you beat us, and, and let's see how that happens. I think that's going to be important, but it should be fun. Hopefully the Saints pull it out and advance to the Super Bowl, but we won't know until Sunday. But enjoy the game, guys. Let's hope that New Orleans can pull one more out and take them to the big game. Um, but again, have a great week. Hopefully we all have an excellent weekend, and I will talk to you guys very soon. Um, but who that, and let's hope the Saints beat the Rams.